everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am back in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Mr. Jared Haney. What's up? Thanks for having me. Jared, I'm so glad you're here. We literally just met 10 minutes ago. So uh, as the listeners are getting to know you, so am I. Would you just share a little bit about how you came to know the Lord and what you're up to these days? Yeah, happy to. So I grew up in an awesome Christian family. Um, Like many people that may have my same story, um, made a profession at a young age, but didn't really probably fully believe or appreciate what I was professing. Um, And so at age 17, at a D now, I think we call it D town at Watermark, uh, came to the Lord and just been on a slow but steady sanctification process uh, since then, which a lot of that uh, has come through my beautiful and lovely wife, Ryan, who is uh, 30 weeks pregnant, expecting a little girl. Oh, um, girl yeah, dad. Pumped. Girl dad, yeah. So uh, a little anxious about that, but, uh, you know, due date is Halloween, so have a, have a couple more months to prepare. Um, but, yeah, very excited about that. We've been at Watermark for five years um, in I'm biased, but one, probably one of the best community groups at Watermark. We love our group. Um, and so, yeah, just been running after the Lord. And I serve uh, in Financial Catalyst, which is a uh, part of the Community Development Corporation. It's a savings um, and kind of financial habits um, program that we do in South Dallas. It's been awesome. Which is cool because you work in corporate America. I am so in corporate America. That's right yes. up your alley. Exactly. Finance stuff. It's over my head, but that's awesome. It's over mine sometimes. <laughs> I love it. Well, today we're in Luke 12, and I'm just going to let you take it away. You got the mic. Where's the Lord leading you? What do you want to share? Yeah, happy to. Um, so as, as I read Luke 12, candidly, I, I chose this because there was so much in it that I was like, it, I will have no shortage of stuff to write about, um, <laughs> which was great. And you know, I think one of the areas that uh, Jesus really leans into in Luke 12 is this have no fear. And and what I love is he starts with like one of the ultimate like one-ups. Like I think we're all familiar with the one-up guy that's like, oh yeah, I, you know, I jumped off a 20-foot cliff. To, oh yeah, I, I jumped off, off a 30-foot yeah. cliff. Yeah, exactly. And the Jesus does that, I think, in verse four through seven. Um, he's like, oh, you, th- you think you're scared of, of man, you know, those that can kill the body in verse four. Um, he says, but I'll warn you whom you should actually fear, mm. which is that that the one who has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him, uh, just to bring the point home. And I think that is just an awesome start to the chapter of just like exhibiting his power and saying, like nipping it in the bud with, hey, if you're anxious, like really think about who you're anxious about, what you're anxious about, um, and think about my power. Uh, in light of that and, and where your fear stacks up against who I am, which is just an awesome way to, to start the chapter. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I like the one-up imagery because that's exactly what he's doing. How do you think that plays out in our in our lives today? Like, I'm not walking around thinking, oh, I could—somebody's going to kill me. You know, like, they're, they're probably thinking about Roman soldiers, maybe, like, military power. I'm not—I'm not fearing that, but what should I be fearing? 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, you know, hundreds of things, um, you know, that, that we could fear and do fear, right? And I would say um, what Luke 12 specifically addresses is, I would say, just life's provisions. Um, so, right, food, clothing, talks a mm-hmm. lot about money. Um, you know, it, it, we may not be fearful of, uh, you know, Roman soldiers killing us for our faith, but I can personally say I've definitely been fearful of sharing my faith faith and the, you know, public backlash mm-hmm. uh, that could be associated with that, even though it's not, uh, you know, right, being killed by a Roman soldier or imprisoned by a Roman soldier. Um, and so I think that is probably where, at least in Dallas, Texas, I see myself and most of my friends and community um, struggling with anxiety. And I think God gives, and through Jesus, um, to unhelpful and sinful ways probably that we deal with this um, sin. And and the first is just to like sit in it and be constantly worried and anxious, right? We all have the friend that is just constantly on edge, um, you know, constantly anxious and just always worried about something new. One, One problem goes away. And another problem comes up. Right? Yeah, I heard two more pop up. Two more pop up. Exactly <laughs> right. Um, I've been there, and we all, you know, have friends mm-hmm. that have been there, right? I think that's one sinful and unhelpful way to deal with it. And he raises a second um, later on in Luke twelve with the parable of the rich fool, which is like the solution oriented uh, approach to anxiety. And it's one of those, you were trying to solve anxiety. Like, I'm going to just solve my anxiety. Yeah, I'm just going to sit here and focus on not being anxious and you just make yourself more anxious. Exactly right. I think we do that. And then, you know, some of us that are more creative will also say, you know what, I'm anxious about the number in my bank account. Let me get a side hustle. Let me figure out how I get that promotion, that advancement at work, right? I'm worried about my health. Let me go off the deep end, work out seven times a week, right? Go to a million doctors to make sure everything's good. Like, I think we can try and solve a lot of times what we're anxious about with earthly um, solutions, which is really what the the rich fool does, right? Like, he he's obviously been successful. He has one storehouse, mm-hmm. decides, you know what? It's not enough. Let me tear it down, build up a bigger one. And he says— um, to his soul in verse 19, so you have ample goods laid up for many years, relax, eat, drink, be merry. And God swiftly says, that's not a great approach to dealing with your anxiety. It's foolish. Yep. This night your soul is required of you, which, you know, death is the ultimate trump card Um, for any earthly solution. We know that earthly things are going to fade away. Our earthly solutions will fade away, which takes us back a little bit to the beginning um, of the chapter in four through seven, where God says, don't fear those earthly things. Just like we shouldn't fear earthly things, we shouldn't take um, solitude or take comfort, is probably a better word, um, in earthly things either, because those will pass away. So I think he's saying both of those things. Yeah. The So the two pitfalls would be trying to solve it yourself or looking to the world to solve it. But exactly. the answer is... I'm thinking verse 21. There's the one who stores up riches for himself, but is not rich toward God. And the solution would be richness toward God, would you say? A hundred percent. And yeah. what, what does that look like practically? Yeah. And so I think, um, you know, J- Jesus is clear about what laying up treasure looks like. I think it's, one, having a personal relationship with him, um, spending time with him. I think, so in Second Corinthians, um, it talks about God as a God of all comfort. Um, and I think comfort, is oftentimes 
the what we're looking for when we're anxious about something. We want to be comforted. We want to know that everything's going to be okay. Second Corinthians 1 um, goes on for, you know, 10, 11 verses about uh, how we can be comforted by God. Um, and I, he mentions in verse 11, you also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many, right? Like the power of prayer oh, yeah. in solving our anxiety is huge, both for for us to pray for ourselves, but then have others in community around us um, that are focused in praying for us as well and sharing those anxieties. I think sharing those anxieties is a huge way um, to, to get over them and, and to overcome them. I think God uses other people in our lives to, to help us get past um, some of those sinful feelings. Jared, those are really good practices, praying, uh, praising God as the God of comfort, inviting others in. But in your context, financial catalyst, you're leading a group of men, helping them develop good financial habits and practices. But money can be a big stressor or something we easily look toward. I mean, just just like the story, to store up treasures on this world. How do you how do you coach them to balance that tension? Or what is it? What does this look like? How does this play out in your context? Yeah, it's it's a great question. And so I think the first thing that we instill is, is a reliance on God before any, um, you know, financial life hacks, if you want to call them that, it's a reliance on God, right? Like seek first his kingdom and all these things will be given to you. I think that is a verse that our group continually comes back to, to say, hey, we don't have to fear um, bad outcomes with money, right? I think what you asked too is what about the flip side of that of someone that's putting all their hope and money and mm-hmm. trying to grind and hustle, right? Yeah. To get ahead and become rich. And, you know, a verse that I continually come back to is 1 Corinthians 6, 6 through 10, which is, but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of it. But if we have food and clothing, with these will we be content? My wife and I always joke, but if I have my wallet, phone, and keys, <laughs> with these we will be content. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with food and clothing, we will be content. And so there is, you're right, a balance between, um, you know, total reliance on God, implementing some practical steps, but then also not going too far to where you're not content with God's provision for you. Um, and it's not just from a financial standpoint, right? There's a lot of life circumstances that we cannot be content in. Money is probably the easiest one, but but certainly with our um, financial catalyst guys, we're focused on finding that right balance where they have a, reli- a right relationship with God first, and then you can have a right relationship with money. And I would say that's true with anxiety generally, right relationship with God, and then you can have a right relationship with his provision for you. It's awesome, Jared. So strong. Thank you so much for sharing. I felt that was really convicting and impractical in a great way. So I really appreciate you taking the time to prepare. Friends, tomorrow we will be back with another guest host. But as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.